Welcome to What I Know Now, a School Sport New Zealand podcast that's all about the value of sport. I'm Mike Summerall, the CEO of School Sport New Zealand, and we're getting into the biggest issues and questions that young people have when it comes to being involved in sport. Brad Webber is an all-black with an underlying passion for diversity and acceptance within sport. Rugby is sometimes seen as being a conservative sport, but Brad's work in both showcasing and encouraging its inclusiveness shows how things are changing. This episode touches on a few important aspects of sport, including its social value and how playing a range of sports directly helped Brad to climb to the very top of rugby. It centers around diversity, including Brad's personal connection that has seen him become a staunch advocate for the gay community. Brad has impressive insight to his own behavior growing up, including one gut-wrenching anecdote of a moment where he saw the impact he could have on someone trying to find their place in sport. There's a lot of integrity about this episode, and having an all-black like Brad involved in this conversation carries a lot of weight. As he says, we still have some way to go, but the landscape is most definitely shifting. What's your earliest sporting memory? Oh, my earliest sporting memory? It probably would have just been something simple as playing from my rugby club down in Hawke's Bay at Napier Old Boys Marist. My old man and old lady taking me down there. We used to live not far from there, and dad and granddad, it's a big family club, so I was probably playing for them. Your father has said in, in other interviews that you played every sport you possibly could. Was that important for you growing up? Yeah, I think so. It helped, I think. One, I guess, diversify my skill set and try a whole heap of different things. I, I was probably good at a lot of things, but not like a superstar at anything. I was sort of just, yeah, gave everything a go. Cricket, loved basketball, but was obviously too short and terrible at it, but still probably my favourite sport. I love my golf now, but did a lot of athletics at high school, and I actually think that had probably the biggest benefit to me for my rugby. I wasn't like always the fastest guy, but at Napier Boys, we had a good sprint coach there, Mike O'Connor, who's a former 200-meter champ, and he was like, he kind of got a few guys together for a 4 by 100 meter relay team, and I, I probably just scraped in as like the fourth guy. And like, so we did a lot of like sprint training and stuff that I'd never done before, and all of a sudden I've, I was gone from like sort of a middling rugby player but to someone that had a, a bit of speed, especially at my position at halfback. It was a little bit of a point of difference and has been ever since. So I think I owe a lot to my athletics days with him to certainly help me in my rugby now. To be honest, I don't know if I'd be a professional rugby player if it wasn't for that. So, yeah, I definitely think dabbling in a few different sports was huge for me. Mm. We talk a lot about early specialisation these days, especially in rugby where people see the pathway. How important was it to you to make sure that you were playing across all those different sports and what have you picked up along the way to, that's helped you? I agree. Like I've done a few things in schools recently, especially with rugby teams, Like that kids are almost so obsessed with getting a contract straight out of high school that they think if they don't get it, that that's it for them. You know, I think for me, trying a whole heap of different things or, or maybe not being a superstar at high school sort of built up a bit of resilience and a bit of self-motivation, self-fight to try other things, not only sporting but academic as well, try and set up life outside of sport. I'm probably a little bit of a dying breed where like I finished my high school stuff, went down to university, played club rugby, played Colts rugby first, then premiers, then NPC, then super, then all blacks, you know, like I genuinely went through the pathway. Whereas nowadays kids are getting signed out of high school and 
their mates that don't get it, I'm not too sure if the same resilience is around as it maybe it was before. And that's probably been set up through the system, which is a bit of a shame. But I think that the pathway is still open. And I, I think people are giving up a bit too easily. Like we still see people come through club rugby and through NPC into super rugby, like the people getting their chance through injuries, particularly at the Chiefs. We've had heaps of guys come in as injury replacements and then earn contracts through that way. And like I just would like to see a bit more of that and maybe a bit more of it shown as well or highlighted so that those kids that might not develop as quickly at high school and show that if they stick at it they can still be professionals or at worst they at least stay in the sport reap all the benefits of being in sport and have fun along the way because like it's the social side that I used to love the most and that's probably what kept me in rugby the most because I love the social side I love being in a team I love the the Saturday after beers at, at the club and you know, that side of things. So I'd hate for people to miss out on that just because they might have missed a professional contract or something, you know? No, I agree. And we're seeing young people starting to look at other options instead of sport. And you mentioned that social side of things. What was it about that social side, I guess, as you're growing up playing a lot of different sports that stood out for you in terms of playing a lot of different sports and looking at the social side? I think it was like the real broad range of mates that I made. Like, I think the best thing about team sport in particular is that it didn't matter what upbringing or what background or what values other people had that I was in a team with. Like I actually got along really well with basically everybody and it opened my eyes to different people and it didn't matter if they were like me or if they weren't. We could still all be all be mates and have fun together and share a beer with each other afterwards, particularly at university and before that maybe um, – maybe a few fizzies or something I don't know but um, that's the part that kept me coming back like I didn't want to lose those friends really I didn't want to lose those that connection and I think that's what I love probably the most about sport is the coming together of a whole heap of different people particularly in team sports but you've all got this common goal and you've got all got this connection through that way and then you learn about people and learn about other things outside of your own little bubble. Mm. You mentioned Napier Boys High School. You went to St. Patrick's School as well. And, and you mentioned your pathway right through school, club, NPC, super rugby, right to an all black. It's the dream really for any aspiring rugby player. You've obviously had a lot of coaches in that time too. We know coaching, especially at a secondary school level, is a huge determinant of a quality experience. What would you say to those coaches who are in that youth system and uh, coaching our young people, what are the types of things they should be thinking about when they're coaching our young people? I was very blessed and lucky in my last couple of years. Um, had a guy, Des Allen and Mutu Narimu, they were our first 15 coaches, and they were just, they were brilliant in that they shared, our, I guess, our passion for our sport and for the team, but didn't put so much pressure on us to train all the time or almost be semi-professional at high school. It was like they gave us the choice. They motivated us in different ways to want to do those sorts of things to get better as a team. And I think by the time I left Napier Boys, like I wasn't burnt out with too much rugby or anything. Like I actually still had a real love for it. I think they was, took more of like a quality rather than a quantity approach at high school. And I guess that allowed us as rugby players to still be able to have to try other sports as well. Um, not have to pick rugby and stick with it because we're training seven times a week or something like that. Like, So by the time I left, I still loved it. Like, I, I wanted more, and they sort of grew that passion for my school and for my sport. You've been outspoken and an amazing advocate for equality and, and sexuality and inclusivity in sport. Why is that so important to you? It starts because I've got gay family members, and hearing 
some of the struggles that they went through coming to terms with their sexuality, you know, having to tell friends and family and the reactions those people had, trying to be someone that they really weren't. That's where it started, really, like, because they were just my family. Like, I didn't think of them any differently or, you know, and then hearing that sort of stuff, I was like, far out. Like, I just want them to not have to feel like that or, or just be equal in every way. And, like, I come from a very privileged position. Like, I'm a straight white male. It's as, basically as privileged as, as it gets. And so for me to think that because of their sexual preference, they didn't feel included just didn't really sit right with me. So like I was like, okay, when I got older and did start to see those things where people were not as inclusive with with people like that, with the gay community, and just didn't sit right with me. So I suppose starting with family, it's it's been, I wouldn't say it's been like real easy, but it has, has been a little bit easier to be an advocate for it because I've got such connection with those people. And then, you know, like when I do, did a bit more digging, you see like the suicide rates amongst the gay community, particularly young people coming to terms with their sexuality. It's just like mind-blowing how much higher the suicide rates are. And so I'm in a position where I can influence particularly kids at school because I think a lot of it stems from there. And I think we're getting better in schools from the few times that I've been into schools to talk about that sort of stuff that, that really impressed me, but we've still got a long way to go. Yeah. Brad, you're doing fantastic work in that space. And on behalf of a lot of students around the country, I can say thank you. How do you think sport has moved on? Do you think sport is working to have more inclusive environments? Are you seeing that when you're moving around? It's definitely better. Definitely more emphasis on particularly what your language is like, your casual language, which is a big thing. But I do still think we've got a long way to go. I mean, I can only really talk in my sport and rugby because I'm in, I'm in it all the time. And at the Chiefs in particular, it's it's gotten a hell of a lot better. The boys are brilliant. Like, I do think if one of our teammates come out as gay, it would be like that he would feel really included and accepted. But I still think overall there's a reason why we haven't seen a gay professional rugby player in New Zealand yet. I feel like we're on the right track. But uh, again, I still think we've got some room to go before we get there. Because, like, I think back to when I was at high school, especially, like, describing um, unsavory things as gay was the norm not to say that it was okay that's the way it was and so when I started coming out a bit more about and support for the gay community and trying to encourage inclusion for those people in particular I got pointed to this comment from this this guy that I went to high school with and he was a couple years younger than me but he was um he was a really good rugby player he was quite good and I was thinking he's going to be a good first 15 player in a couple of years when once I got to I think it was year 13 he'd stopped playing rugby altogether and I thought I remember thinking at the time oh that's a bit strange like he was quite good, but he was quite bright. He was, he was very bright. So I was like, okay, maybe he's, you know, concentrating on the academic things. But then a few years ago, I seen a comment from him saying that Brad was the type of person that I hid my sexuality from. And like, he's, sorry, so he's since come out as, as being gay. And that really sort of hit me. I was like, wow, like, I don't think he was sort of saying that me in particular were really bad, but I think I look back and think about like all my mates and stuff. We definitely would have used language like that that for someone that was questioning their sexuality or knew that they were gay and didn't want to come out, that there was no way that they would be comfortable enough to be gay in that, in that situation. So it made me realise that just the casual language that you use to your mates that you might think is harmless is actually potentially hurtful to people struggling and pushes them further down and means that they probably won't stick in sport so I you know I just hate to think how many others have been like that and have been like no I'm not playing rugby because of what those guys would think so that's why I really try to help out where I can in terms of getting into schools and 
nipping it in the bud there and hopefully you know guys like that will continue playing and will feel comfortable enough to be themselves because ultimately that's the part that I love about particularly the Chiefs that I could just be myself the whole time again like I'm coming from a privileged spot so it's pretty easy for me to say but yeah hopefully we get there soon. Mm-hmm. Recently we saw Nick McCarthy halfback at Leinster in Ireland coming out as gay and you tweeted your support for him and one of the comments you made was no wonder that club is so successful. Are you able to talk about what you meant by that? I think particularly in team sports like if you can feel comfortable being yourself then that's going to help you be the best athlete as well and so what I meant by that is like no wonder they're successful because they've obviously built this culture where he feels he can be unapologetically himself. He just, to everybody there, he can be open, be him. And for me, like when I come to the Chiefs especially, that's what I found was the best for me. And I think that's why I've had so much success at the Chiefs is that from day one, like I felt like I could be myself to everybody, to all the senior guys. I remember walking in thinking, okay, I'm not going to say anything to Liam Messam or Tanada Latim. I'm just going to sit down and shut up and just work hard but from day one guys like that like were so open and welcoming that I just I was like okay yeah this is a this is the spot for me and so obviously what Nick's had to go through to get to that point is obviously a hell of a lot differently but what I'm just trying to paint is like when you sort of feel comfortable being self like it just brings the best out of you and particularly I guess in high level and elite sport and and rugby like being comfortable is not exactly I mean being comfortable sort of off the training field and off the the playing field because on the training field you need to I guess be comfortable being uncomfortable and pushing yourself to a limit or pushing your teammates or you know really getting stuck in and I think if you're comfortable being yourself then it's easier to do that. It's easier to push yourself as an athlete. It's easier to push yourself to the limit. Whereas because if you're not feeling comfortable in yourself, then you kind of stay in your shell. You don't want to push too hard. You don't want to ruffle feathers. You don't want to, you know, don't want to step out of line in fear of what X, Y, and Z might think. But if you're in an environment where you can just be yourself like that, then it makes that sort of stuff so much easier. So that's sort of what I meant is like, no wonder Leinster is so successful. They must just have the best environment where they can, be themselves, push themselves to the limit, challenge other guys, challenge teammates, coaching staff, all while being just you. Like, it just made sense, yeah. Mm. And I mean, that's right at the highest level of sport, obviously. So what role do you think sport can play in helping young people to develop in a, in a personal and social sense? Yeah, I think it's got a huge, huge role to play in that you can develop relationships with people from different backgrounds, kind of like what I was speaking to before whilst also being inclusive and encouraging equality amongst different backgrounds or different uh, sexualities, religions, races, whatever it is, you know, helping realise that the people that you're playing and competing with are, are human and they're the same as you. It doesn't matter what everything else is. That's the bit about sport that I loved and that I look back on that I loved growing up with, that I could play and compete with everybody from any background and I know they would accept me. And so I got to reciprocate that and accept them no matter what, right? That's where I sort of like to add the language part and that trying to stay on top of that stuff and realizing that little jokes that you might think are harmless could actually be affecting someone around you. I think that's the part that we need to grow. It's, yeah, something I'll probably harp on a little bit about, but it's an area that I feel like could have huge benefit in the future. 
I think it's a hugely important point, Brad. You've been involved in sport since you were a young man. You've, you're one of the very fortunate few that's made a career out of it and you're still a very successful athlete. What are the values do you think you've pulled through from sport that are helping you be the man that you are today? I think like, inclusivity like, is a big thing. Obviously, we're talking a lot about that, but confidence as well, resilience, some a good work ethic. I think the realisation that you get out what you put in. Like I think I was a little bit naive for a while where I thought just by getting older, I would get better. But then I realised that, oh, no, nah, you've actually got to work for it. You've actually got to put in the effort. So I think missing out on a lot of rep teams and stuff built a bit of resilience and a bit of, uh, yeah, I think a lot of those good values are great for, from sport. Mm. And certainly for me. Mate, uh, look, that's been awesome. You've said some really powerful things and I'm really glad you did. Is there anything that you kind of wanted to say that I perhaps didn't ask. I guess the, the real thrust of this is it's going to go to, to young people, it's going to go to parents, it's going to go to school coaches. I know you're doing a lot of work with the Waterboy and, and we're actually working with them too. Oh, cool. Yeah, we've got a really big plan to try and really push them as far as wide as we can. No, I'm not specifically saying you need to talk about Waterboy, but is there anything that perhaps I've missed? The Waterboy stuff is in particular is like great. Like I often say to Thomas, like that story that I told you earlier about the guy I went to school with who ends up being gay and pulls out of, of rugby because of the language that we sort of stay. I was thinking, man, if this was around when I was at high school, you know, maybe things would have been different. Maybe that would have had the effect it's having on me now. And they do such good work uh, around the Waikato, around the Waikato schools. And like I've always just been thinking, like we need to sort of take this nationwide, like and. When I finished playing rugby, like I'd be keen to do more around the country and like get this in elsewhere because it's a great start. But I thought, yeah, there needs to be more of it. Like I've met a couple of professional athletes that, that are gay and they talk about their experiences and it's really eye-opening. And like what I've really been impressed with actually, particularly the couple of schools, which weren't big schools, but like Huntley High School, I was really impressed with. And I think we was the other one. It was in, um, it was in Thames. It might have been Thames High School or something like that man the progressiveness at those schools was like eye-opening for me like I was like wow like I think we're in a lot better place obviously it's not perfect there's still a lot of kids particularly I guess jockey guys like, like what I was back at high school that probably need this the most but in general I was really impressed by a lot of those those school kids and just think we just need more of it really particularly around realisation, around uh, use of language there. And, like, I'm by no means perfect either. Like, I'm not sitting up here saying, like, I never say things or, you know, like I still catch myself every every now and then being, like, saying something or making a joke and then just being like, damn, like, that's what I'm trying not to be or trying to tell people uh, not to do. So the biggest question they would often ask is, like, if you hear your mate talking this language or saying these sorts of things, like, how do you get across that? that that's not right or like how do you call them out and I'll admit like that's probably the hardest part when I hear my still hear some of my teammates or my friends say things like it's still you still get that little knot in your gut thing oh like I need to hit them up about this but one other thing I would say is like you don't need to be like calling your mates out or like ripping into them for it I think the biggest thing is just helping them in a way like just saying like oh look we can't say that anymore you don't know who might be hearing it and then offer a suggestion on on different ways to get your grievances across like I always use like um, instead of saying that oh you know that's so gay like maybe saying it's so lame or something similar to that might be a bit better thank you so much for um, giving up some time mate I know you're a busy man and uh, good luck for your tour hope you guys get the W's and you you play well and um, yeah it kicks on for you 
Thanks for listening and a massive thank you to Brad for being involved. Hopefully you've taken away some of his experiences that you can apply to your own sporting involvement, whatever level you're at. If you did, please feel free to comment, review, subscribe, or share this podcast with your mates. It really does make a difference. This podcast has been produced by Raw Collective for School Sport New Zealand. If you liked it, check out some of our other episodes. It's an ever-growing resource helping you to navigate sport as one part of a well-rounded life. See you on the next episode.